and welcome to another episode of DIY EV Chat. My name is Tom Cheeseright. My guest today is Danny Floyd, who's got something completely different. Um, we've not done one of these before. We've done an electric beetle, an electric Sirocco. We've talked about an electric Lotus. We've done electric taxis. And now for the first time, an electric 4x4. Uh, welcome, Danny. Hello. Uh, great to be here. Thank you. <laughs> so listen, you're, um, I've been watching your videos and... You oh, know, God. <laughs> the first thing that stood out was you seem to have some skills that perhaps I don't have. <laughs> and I'm, I'm, so I'm going to start with my usual first question, which is like, what's the day job or where did you get the skills to do this? So by trade, I'm an apprentice engineer, uh, mechanical. Um, I started life in a, uh, it's a quarry that I work in. So I've learned all machining, welding, fitting, pretty much everything all the electric stuff is all self-taught but i have now got my qualification my level three qualification in that but my current day job is i work in a control room at that same quarry just because i felt like it was a good step up for me from there but by trade i'm a mechanical engineer but you okay so you got the practical skills which i have to say really shows because i'm watching your videos going your build's so much nicer than mine <laughs> it, it looks great it's very tidy 10 foot <laughs> Not so much when you get up close. Well, I'm very much a overbuild it and that'll do kind of guy. And when it comes to actually finishing the work is I'm a hammerite kind of guy because I know that I'll come across later or I want to change something in six months time. And then if I've sprayed it up really nice, I'll I'll then it'll just be a mess. So everything's hammerite and nothing's quite polished as what a lot of people I see on YouTube are just because I know I'll end up changing stuff. So. But you've got yeah. that very nice Perspex battery box on the Tesla cells. But we'll come back to that. We'll come back to that. <laughs> and so was this your was this your first project like this? Or have you done it, other sort of makey stuff it, before? Uh, well, first thing of this sort of scale, um, I've, uh, I've, obviously, I've been tinkering with lots of stuff. And obviously through work, I've been involved with much bigger projects than this. But my own money on the line, yes, this was my first project. Um, and when I started, there wasn't that much information out there. So it's kind of all cobbled together from little bits I've picked up here and there. Um, so when did you no, this... start? When did you start this project? Oh, um, at the end of January, I've owned the Jimny for four years, which is the longest I've okay. ever owned a car. Um, and uh, it was on the road for about six or seven months as a petrol vehicle. And uh, I had a few vehicles before that. I had a 1973 Beetle that I thought this is going to be great to convert because they're super simple, super easy. And I got in it and drove it. And at that time I was doing about hundred miles round trip for work. Yeah. So that was one of my reasons why I could justify spending quite a lot of money to convert a car because I thought I want a car that I enjoy. I've always done big miles. So where my friends have been rolling around in like fancy Audis and stuff, I could never afford to drive them. I've always been loved, loved having to drive all the sensible diesels and stuff and, and just cars like that. And I've never had the, oh, that cool car that I've always wanted. So I thought, well, actually, this is my way that I can have that cool car that I've always wanted, yet still do big miles. So anyway, I got the Beetle, tried to drive it to work. I thought, I'll, I'll drive it to work and back for two weeks. And if I can do that, then I'll love it. And on about day three, I was ready for giving up. It were, it, it's a <laughs> lovely car for a Sunday drive. I'm telling you now, a 40, 50-year-old car is not great for the work commute after you've had a long day at work. So No, I mean, and... I think... You'd have to do the like the full independent front suspension version, and that's a few. It, it had the independent front suspension. Oh, had it? Super Beetle. Yeah, it was a Super Beetle. It got the disc brakes and McPherson strut suspension, and still it was just still. no. So uh, right. I ended up selling that 
a couple of cars later, uh, I thought, you know what, I'm going to buy what I've always wanted and could never really justify as my, my main car just because of the nature of being tippy and rubbish on motorways and stuff. And I was going to buy a Jimny because I love them. And anyway, the rest is history. I fell in love with it and the smiles per miles on it is just fantastic. So I decided to convert my Jimny. And then one day on a July, I think it was afternoon, me and my two brothers took the body off my Jimny outside without a garage. Um, and just the rest is history. Yeah, it's just that's where it started. So you chose the Jimny. Were you already into off-roading? Were you doing some sort of 4 by 4 stuff? I've always loved... I've always loved four by fours. I've got. A, I'm a bit of a nerd when it comes to differentials and four by fours, and yeah, I've always loved stuff like that. So, I just again with the miles that I was doing, I could never justify a four wheel drive vehicle. So to get one as a second car, um, again, like I say, when I bought the Jimny, it wasn't my intention to convert it because I thought, you know what, I can't really like. I don't like these old cars that are t- uh, common to convert. So I'll just buy something I like and keep my boring diesel as the daily driver and just enjoy this one um and like i say beast from the east came um and uh, yeah that just that helped i think with the the honeymoon rose tinted glasses but yeah i love it. <laughs> I love that vehicle um and so i mean so you 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 had this idea of of, do, of doing a conversion before you got the Jimny. where did you come yeah. across that idea in the first place like what what set you on the track of oh actually you can convert a car I'm not sure really um i did want to do a motorbike first just because again i didn't have a garage at the time so i just thought a motorbike's dead easy i could put a big shed somewhere and fit all parts in that and everything but mm. i tried a motorbike and i didn't like riding it i like the look of motorbikes i like the idea of motorbikes but if you ever try riding a motorbike you're either too hot or you're too cold you're never the right temperature in one so um i'm just frozen I, uh... with fear when i ride a motorbike it's not the temperature <laughs> well, yeah. it's just ab- abject fear <laughs> So, and well, a hundred mile ride each day as well on one doesn't help either. So on a little one, two, five, it were like, no, this isn't working. So uh, I, I can't remember actually what my first insight to electric vehicles was. I just remember being hooked on it. And I've always liked electric cars. I know that I've always liked them. As ever since the, uh, the, the Tesla Roadster came out, really, I've been interested mm. in them. But it would never, I can't remember a clear cut moment as like, I'm going to convert one car. I just remember a, I wouldn't mind converting one. And then I ended up buying a, a motorbike and then a vehicle and then a truck. And then I ended up with the Jimny and I'm like, right, I'm just buying this because I like the vehicle. And then I was driving it. I'm like, this would be mint as electric. So yeah, the rest is history. I think the biggest, I mean, I know taking the body off and that was sort of a no turning back kind of point. But I think the biggest not turning back kind of point for me was spending four and a half thousand pound on a motor that, that that was the real oh this is serious now because i mean i know obviously taking the body off and taking the petrol tank out and selling the engine and doing a load of work and building battery boxes i don't know why it just didn't sink into me at that point that this is serious this is what you're doing but for some reason when i was like right go um on on the yeah that's when it got real i think and what led you down that route what led you down because it's what is it's a hyper nine you've got no, it's a, an AC34 HPV. It's about That's as small right, yeah, motor yeah. as you can get. And I would never advise, if anyone's watching this and you're thinking, what motor shall I use? Always go for the biggest one you possibly can because I have underpowered that vehicle and theoretically it should have uh, about 48 horsepower. But from looking at what my um, ammeter's putting out on the dial, um, 
it's only putting out about 400 when it should put 550 out on max. Um, and I've been through every set in countless number of times and I can't work out why. So on a good day, it's probably got about 40, 30, 30, 40 horsepower. On a bad day, it's down to about 15 when you're at bottom at pack because it just doesn't want to pull much amps. Uh, the current seems to be limited. And again, I've been through every setting and it's a real shame because I've got such a big battery in it. I've got 48 yeah. kilowatt hours. Um, nine Tesla modules and it just seems that for the last say half to third of the pack I can't really use it it's it's almost unusable um, I drove it down to 0% the other day actually uh, I just kept putting off plugging it in and I'm, I'm struggling to do 30 mile an hour so it's like you're trying to find which way shall I go home which way shall I go here and you're like right this is a 30 road I'll go this way and it's embarrassing when you're going up any sort of hill and you're only doing 25 miles wow. an hour and everyone else is doing 30 so I know I've made a lot of mistakes in doing this and I am going to be putting a video out soon of the mistakes I've made just to help people when they're looking at it. But I suppose this is the first time I'm telling people that I've made a lot of mistakes on this car. So, yeah. I mean, let's be honest, haven't we all? I mean, it's, uh, <laughs> I think it's still, you know, it's a learning process now. I mean, you know, I've done mine over the last, what, 18 months or so, probably mm. a bit more than that now. Yeah, but you were starting, you know, three, three and a half years ago and, and the, yeah. the, the the amount of knowledge in this community sort of changes exponentially. It's 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 yeah. an like it, there's so much more information now than there was when I started eighteen you know started researching this said eighteen months nineteen months ago. It's um, funny it you say that actually. Radically. Because uh, I started a Facebook group and I'm sure you probably heard of it or in it. It's DIY Electric Vehicles UK because um, and we've got I think we've got about ten and a half thousand members in it now simply because when I started there was just nothing. It didn't seem to be anybody local. Everything was in America, 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 America. And you try and buy anything. I mean, my motor, I paid like 700 pound import tax on it um, and 600 pound shipping. It was ridiculous. So for the price of it, realistically, looking back, I should have gone for a Tesla unit the first time I did it because it wouldn't have been any more money. Mm. Um, and that would have been the answer to all my problems because then I'd have 250 horsepower. But um, it's, it's easy hindsight kind of thing. Um, and like I say, the, the amount of information that is now out there, I mean, I think before America was leading the world in conversions because they had EV West, which I won't comment on. But um, the now with zero EV, classic electric cars and the whole host of other people that we've got in the UK, I'd say that we're probably leading the world in conversions at the moment. Well, yeah, I mean, yeah, I think, I mean, certainly Europe, if you add into Damien and Johannes and, yeah, that whole sort of open source community, obviously a, a yeah. lot of members of that are in the US as well, but yeah, a lot of European now, a lot of people in Holland, Ireland, UK, like you say, it's, it's, it's a big community now and, and getting a lot more profile as well. I've been, I've been like kind of shocked at how much interest it's garnered. Um, you know, I never set out to do this as a very public project. But then sort of cottoned on to the fact that people kept asking about it. I'm like, well, okay, well, if you're going to keep asking, I might as well put some content out about it. It's like, get, you know, people, yeah. people hoover it up. That's that's um, one of the reasons I started doing the videos, to be honest. And I know they're really embarrassing and really cringy, and I don't like it. But people always kept asking me. And I know my media teacher from uh, senior school will be uh, rolling around and laughing at me right <laughs> now. But um, I, I, I'm, I'm always busy. And it was a case of I could either spend a lot of time doing the project or I could spend a lot of time filming it. And for, I mean, you, it's took me what three years to do the project itself. So I was always focusing on just doing the project. I mean, I took a lot of photos on the way just in case I needed to put something back or, or just classical photo, mm -hmm. I'll take it. And 
to where a lot of my original videos started. They're just sort of like me talking over photos because I look back on it after a year of doing work on it and people are just asking, what are you doing? What's this? What's that? What's this? And then it's like, you know what? I'll just put a video up and then explain it. And then it's uh, everyone sort of knows. And it, I'm surprised it's actually gained as much as it has. I mean, I've got like 5,000 views on some some videos. To say how basic it is, it's like, I'm, I'm, I'm cringing that knowing that 5,000 people have watched that crap video <laughs> that I made is... <laughs> Yeah, it's but, you like, know, it's, really? There's a, there's a lot of curiosity out there. So satisfy some of that curiosity. People haven't seen those videos yet. You went for the, we, we talked about the motor. What did you do for controller? Uh, so the controller's the HPV. Um, so right, it's, that's it HPV comes as well. a, a, a pair, yeah. Okay. Um, and charger? Uh, it's an Elcon unit. I actually bought it direct from a Chinese supplier. So they didn't have any of the instruction manuals that the Elcon 6.6 .6 normally has. But it was wow. half the price. So I was like, I'll take a gamble on this, you know, and see what happens. I mean, the worst case is, is that it doesn't work. And for a long time, I thought it didn't. Um, so if you have got an Elcon charger, make sure you put a, a resistor between your T, um, your uh, Cambus wire, your TX and your RX. Oh, I didn't okay, have a resistor yeah. between it. And that was the only problem. But because there was no instruction manual out there, it was only until I spoke to people that, after about six months of me thinking this didn't work and thinking that I'd wasted six, seven hundred, eight hundred quid, um, that I realised, oh, I'm supposed to put a resistor in it. And I put a resistor in it, whoosh, fired into life. And I'm like, I've been scratching my brain with this for so long. And it's just Campbell's because... Campbell's a nightmare. A, I hate Campbell's. Um, and yeah, like I say, I have 2005 Jimny. It's full of it. So... Yeah, and like I say, I'm a quarry engineer. It's, it's not something that... <laughs> yeah. I'm wrestling with it at the moment. My inverter is refusing to speak CAN bus. Um, everything well, else in the car speaks CAN bus yeah. fine, but not the inverter. <laughs> well, a lot of my systems aren't directly talking to each other. So uh, my BMS doesn't talk to my motor. It just talks to my charger. Uh, right. My contact is What BMS is it? It's a simp BMS. Uh, someone called oh, okay, Tom. Yeah, uh, yeah he, he put them all together and I'm like, you know what? I might take a ch chance on this. Uh, it works fine, absolutely lovely. If I was doing it again, I'd use an Orion. Really? Yeah. Um, for for what, I, what, would, uh, what would drive you down that route? You, they're just so much more versatile. They're so much more polished, and that's simply because that they've got a whole team behind them. Tom, it's sure. phenomenal what he's accomplished. Absolutely phenomenal, and he's such a clever guy. But he's one guy, and the fit and finish and polish. And after you spent tens and tens and tens and thousands of pounds on something and then basically you've just got this like little screen and i i, I wish i'd have spent another bit more money and just gone for the orion unit simply because then if i am upgrading in future different certain stuff um and not only that but safety and there's a lot of other things that i would mm. prefer this to con the, the bms to control um and it just because tom obviously is one person he can't then build something for every single uh, motor and controller yeah um so yeah it, it yeah, works it's, I was just saying, it's, I... it's reliable for the last five thousand miles it's been flawless uh apart from i've got a bit of cross talk in it at the minute so it does occasionally go into error um since when i turn my main beam on uh, my dip beam on there's some cross talk because i've got it so far up in in the car i get a bit of cross talk through it but i, I think that's just my own installation faults rather than a fault of the product from tom but yeah, no. I, I mean, um, I'm running a, I'm running a, a slightly modified version of Tom's code on a, mm. a, a, a well, I was going to say homebrew, not homebrew, but a board <laughs> put together by some other members of the community. Um, yeah. Jamie, Jamie, who was on, who's been on already, um, and Robert will be on when he's when he's done his car. 
hello robert keep keep moving and <laughs> <laughs> um, so you started outside so you literally you lifted the body off and got outside yeah uh, where did I the rest of the wooden, project happen um i had um a wooden goal post so um i don't know if you've seen like sort of like a basically a goal post i made it out of uh, stud work and uh, I did like some some piece on the floor, and then I got some pull lifts, and then I anchored them to the seat belt bolts because I figured that that was the strongest part on the body. Um, that then lifted up the body part, and then me and my brother then lifted the front end because it was front end heavy. As my second brother, he pulled out the chassis from underneath. Um, <laughs> it was a, a big long day, I'll tell you. Uh, making sure not only because I've never done it before. Um, it was such a clean car. It had one owner, full Suzuki service history, 50 wow. odd thousand miles on the clock. It was, it was flawless, this car. And then I'm there butchering it. So I was trying to my best to not damage anything and then label everything as I'm taking it off. And so, yeah, but that, that I started outside. Um, after about six months of doing it outside, I got friendly with one of my neighbors and then I rented a garage off them. Uh, wow. and then move the project so that's where all the photos that you can see on uh, my videos they're all taken from a really cramped garage and it's because it's just big enough for a car um luckily the chimney when you take the body off it's actually it seems a lot smaller because obviously you can then put you you can walk over the chassis and stuff so that that helped a lot the body remained yeah. outside underneath a big car cover um, and i built a wooden platform to raise the body off the ground about a meter or so Maybe not a meter, but it was off the ground a fair old way. I could sit up comfortably underneath it just so I could. Wow. Jimneys uh, are known for rusting. So what I did is I wire wheeled everything. Uh, the chassis went away for shot blasting. I got underneath the body and wire wheeled everything, cut out anything that you were even starting to bubble because of the amount of time and work I'm putting into it. I want everything mm. to be brand new. Um, but yeah, so I started in a rented garage and then I moved house. So that's why the project took a long pause for a number of years. Um, and then when I moved into this new house, I thought, oh, fantastic, I've got my own space, I can do everything, but I've had to start renovating the house from the ground up. So it was just lucky that one of my friends who I'm involved in with, Electric Off-Road, and I do some work through at EDUB, they uh, had a, a space there, basically, that I could borrow. And uh, for about three weeks, I spent working on the gym, and that's where most of the recent updates come from. Um, and, uh, yeah, it was just, just great, um, the opportunities that I had, and... The, basically just inside because that's my worst enemy is weather you look outside and it's cold or it's raining and it's like i don't really want to get halfway through and then evan's open and i've got to pack all my tools away or you can't just pause when you've had you need 10 minutes to just go and have a break and that's that's the biggest enemy i think is just somewhere to yeah. do it and looking back now i can't believe the amount of enthusiasm that i had to start it outside without a garage i must have <laughs> been crazy so you I mean, me now, yeah i don't even want to walk to the garage now when it's raining let alone start working outside and doing a full chimney uh, conversion just what were that guy thinking <laughs> well i i got the keys today to a garage I've, I've done everything outside so far and i got the keys to a garage today so it's a very yeah, exciting day best feeling ever it's, it's amazing when you finally get somewhere to work inside it's like this is fantastic how have i managed yeah you look back and you're like what were i doing yeah. So what, once you got the project, you uh, one of the things that's come up a lot recently is is insurance because, I, I mean, partly because of where I live, my insurance is obscene. I don't know about you, but was it was getting insured all right? Uh, Adrian Flux didn't buy an eyelid. Um, I think one of the reasons that made it so easy to insure, it's actually the same price as what it was before it was insured. 
Uh, really? my, insurance has always, my insurance has always been mega expensive, especially because it's my second vehicle. I can't use most of my no claims on it. Um, but for some reason, my insurance has always been mental. I've flawless driving, touch wood. Um, no accident, no, no, like anything. It's, it's, it's impeccable, my record to say it. I don't know why, but it's, yeah. So but my insurance <laughs> has always been, been mental, mentally expensive. Uh, but Adrian Flux, yeah, it was a very similar price um, insured as uh, before and after conversion. And it's now got a guaranteed value in it as well of approximately what it's worth. So um, EC series wow motor, because then ones that come in the old fork trucks and stuff, Technically, they're rated for about three horsepower. I mean, you, you over-volt them, you turn your current up to 1,000 amps, and you're running like 200 horsepower. <laughs> but what they see is the stamp three horsepower on the thing, and you're like, yeah, there we go, wheel spinning at three horsepower, <laughs> yeah, doing 11-second passes on a quarter mile, and three horsepower insurance. <laughs> yeah, I really think that would be great, great to do. and Because all they care about is what it's rated for. Um, because I mean, I don't think I could phone up my insurance now and say, "Well, I know it says forty-eight, but actually, I'm only getting 30. I don't think they care. They no. like it's forty-eight horsepower, which is what it's supposed to be. So, I think it'd be really interesting doing a series round DC with the three horsepower stamp on it. <laughs> yeah, I'm about to swap one notionally sixty kilowatt motor for another notionally sixty kilowatt motor. Yeah, but one of them, one of them weighs about twice what the other one does, and it has you know completely different performance characteristics. Even though they're both notionally sixty kilowatts on the insurance. Um, yeah. You know, makes no difference really. no they're not bothered Both about the same it. vehicle as well yeah, well i hope not <laughs> um and what what about tax was that was that an issue because you're it's a post 2001 car uh yeah this is a, a bit of a sore subject at the minute i know jamie's had some issues with his yeah um, yeah so i originally sent it off i had the letter-headed paperwork from a conversion specialist garage i uh and then i think that was all they asked for in in the dvla guidelines they want letter-headed paper i sent that off first in august they then sent me back another letter saying that we need more information um i can't remember what it was they wanted the invoice for the motor and something else yeah. um, and i sent that off with them along with photos that they requested and then they then came back to me uh, about three four months later after that uh, yeah that work out about right saying that um after me badgering them every single week, have you got enough information? Have you got everything that you needed? What else can I do? Because I've sent you everything that your website requests twice, twofold in different different ways. And they got back to me uh, Christmas sort of time, but I've been working ever since, so I've not actually got around to resorting it. Uh, I mean, I've been at work today, but, um, and yeah, I um, they said that they want to come out and inspect it. So, um, on the logbook, it is still registered as a petrol vehicle. I'm still paying the tax on oh, it. Oh, right. Um, and I'm just hoping that they're going to backdate it to, and give me a refund because, I mean, I've been paying. It's, it's Jimneys are very expensive on tax because they're a four-wheel drive vehicle. So fingers yeah. crossed I can get a couple of hundred quid back from them when they say, but no doubt they'll be like, no, I'm sorry, it's from when you inspected it. So, But we'll see. That's to come. So, Right. So, right, starting to wrap things up. Um, what been the big? What's been the biggest challenge of the project? Somewhere to do it um, and time. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Time's the killer. Yeah. And what about the most rewarding? I saw your video. You actually took it off roading. I mean, yeah, that's got to be feel pretty good. It, yeah, um, it, it's a bit of a odd to say, really, because I love driving it. I'm so happy to have it back on the road as my daily. It's just that every time I drive it, I'm reminded that of the mistakes I made. It's just simply because it's so slow. 
So, I mean, I, I can do, when it's fully charged up to about 45%, I can do sort of 60 mile an hour. So it's fine on the motorway. I just sit in, in the loser lane. Um, and, uh, and yeah, I can keep up with trucks, no problem whatsoever. Overtake them occasionally and I can do 100 miles on a motorway. So that's, it's not that bad. Um, it's just that for the size of the pack that I've got, I would want to have done yeah. 150, 200 miles. And it's quite disappointing to say, again, I've got a 48 kilowatt hour battery pack and I'm only really getting 100 miles range. And when you look at it that way, it's kind yeah. of bad. Um, so so that's, that's, that's that, yeah. And, and did you have plans to rectify that then? Do you... So looking forward to the future, um, my most immediate plans are to put it on some 31 inch tires. So they're really big tires for a Jimny. Um, just because when I take it to, when I want to, I'm going to hopefully take it to some shows this year. I know I'll be parked yeah. next to all Land Rovers and I need to have something that just knocks it up a little bit and just makes it so it doesn't look like that little thing that no one, like a little toy car next to it. Um, so just, just sort of fine tuning what there is at the minute. Um, I'm at a bit of a crossroads really with where I'm actually going to go with the project in future on the not so crazy side. I am just going to keep it how it is and just enjoy it for what it is. I can still do 100 miles comfortably. It's not a racing car, mm. it's a Jimny. So it's never a racing car. And if yeah, anything, if you think anything other than, uh, I've seen people that have tried to drive faster than them and they end up rolling over and tipping or spinning out because they're such short wheelbases. So yeah. option one is to just enjoy it for what it is. And I think the more I think about it, that's the direction I'm going to go. But I've always got this sort of crazy idea at the back of my head where I put it on some Dana 44 axles, which are big for a Discovery, Land Rover Discovery, they're big axles. <laughs> um, I lengthen the chassis um, and brace it all up and make it longer. I put a king cab on it, so it's like an extra cab on a pickup. I put a flatbed on the back of it so I can carry around a, a diesel welder. I know it's a diesel, but a big, heavy mobile welder so I can do some of the fabrication work that I'm, tra I'm getting into um for ev stuff off-site remotely and i don't have to rely on anyone having their own setup i can run anything off of off of this yeah. and like i said they weigh about 400 kilos so um it would be q-plated is the downside but because yeah. um, and i'd be going off the axle rating and obviously bracing the chassis up uh probably about two and a half tons so it wouldn't really be a jimny anymore it'd probably be more in line no. with a hilux um but it's sort of one direction I really want to go in. Um, and then because I've got the weight increase, I could then, instead of changing my batteries out to just some other, a smaller battery pack, because I don't really need the range, I could put a full Tesla pack in it. Um, I, I know where the space is in it. I know I can do it if I lengthen the chassis and where I'd put it. So the actual overall build of it would be a Jimny on 35 inch tires with a 300 horsepower Tesla Model 3 motor, a full Tesla Model S pack in it, about 80 kilowatt hours, um, and um, just massive tyres. And it, it looked one of a kind. It would have to be Q-plated, and it would have to go through inspection. And, I mean, I know, it'll yeah, I, know I, I know, I can make it pass it. The hardest thing is going to be all the like the, the um, soft edges that they have to have on stuff. That would be the hardest thing, I think, to pass, just because, obviously, a big off-road monster like that and uh yeah obviously i then be able to put front front and back winches on it and going forward as well i wouldn't mind doing some um like some ev recovery kind of work because i thought that'd be quite cool if i could tow other. that'd be very cool yeah saying i mean it is a four by four response vehicle as well 
Um, it's remained a four by four response vehicle. I haven't been on any call out since it's been electric, but it is still a four by and it'd be so cool to like use the use it as such a monster with front and back winches and just total three hundred horsepower. But I've worked it all out and I think I could probably do it for about twenty thousand. But it's a case that I've already spent about thirty on it and it's uh yeah, it's like I say, a lot of that is in mistakes and full rebuilds on stuff and just having to buy stuff twice because I've made a mistake on certain bits of it or because I bought stuff five, well, four years ago now. The cost was, yeah. I mean, my Tesla modules were nearly a £1,000 each. So where now you can get for 800 quid. So my motor was six grand landed in the UK on my doorstep because of import taxes and everything else. And realistically, now you can get a Tesla Model 3 motor for four or a Tesla Model S motor for four, and then you can use the open source software for it. But, um, or, or a Mitsubishi Outlander yeah, for exactly, quid, yeah. so. the, the biggest problem is, <laughs> though, with them is that I have to use a re-gear because I would be turning it into an all-wheel drive truck. Is Yeah, I have to yes. re-gear it to go through the differentials, hence why I'd have to stay Tesla. But I could have a full Tesla powered chimney with a Tesla motor and a Tesla battery pack. And that'd be super cool. And I could then do rapid charging on it as well, because with such low voltage, I'm really low voltage. Um, well, I can tell you, I can tell you now well, that I'm voting for that option. I, I know. And I'm pretty sure everyone watching yeah. this video is going to be voting for that option as well. It's kind of why I've <laughs> kept it under my hat a little bit, just simply because I know <laughs> the internet's going to want to see the cool, crazy off-roady chimney that, can drive over Land Rovers and all other kinds of stuff and do 250 miles on 35 inch tires. But, and then even as a diesel generator that could probably charge it up, I don't know, but, um, and do million miles in it. Yeah. Cause I'd, I'd love to do all that and then take it overlanding around Europe or something crazy. But again, it's a case of, I'm at a bit of a crossroads now and it's like, I know how long this current conversions took me and in the grand scheme of things compared to this new one that I'm thinking of, it was quite a simple conversion. So is it going to be off the road for another six years or six years this time? Mm -hmm. And then it's a, I'd probably just be better. Just would it ever get finished this time? Because I've got more commitments and stuff. So it, I, I what know you really I'm, need. What you really need is, is just to buy another car and work on that one. Yeah, I'm not allowed. <laughs> I've asked. Yeah, um, but I, I, I say I've got so much on at the minute. It's it's not something I am ruling out for the future, but I think for now, at least for the next 18 months, I'm going to put the bigger tyres on it and just sort of cross my eyes and dot my T's. Enjoy it. it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, listen, that's been brilliant. Thanks so much for coming on, Danny. No I, I'm secretly just going to keep hoping for the for the electric monster truck, basically. Yeah. <laughs> but thanks so much for coming no on. Thanks for being so honest as well Thank about you. mistakes and what no you spent. It's, it's it's really good to hear. It's really useful. What it's all for, isn't it? And um, like I say, it's, uh, it's what helps make other people not make my mistakes. And um, battery boxes as well. If you need any fabrication work, I am doing um, some bits on the side. So uh, I'm helping do uh, just some general fabrication for EV stuff. I know a lot of fabricators out there don't really understand what we're after. So it's kind of hard. And yeah. I um, I did the um, angle iron frame for my battery boxes and then skinned it. If I was doing it again, I'd just use aluminium. Um, I'd fold, fold the aluminium and do it that way just because the way I've done it is just, I'm just not happy with it. And again, it's another thing that I, I, I'm trying to, encourage people to go the right way the first time just it might seem a bit more expensive but trust me the finish will be so much better on stuff 
But if, well, if, if anyone is needing, battery... yeah. And if you are going to be building some new battery boxes fairly soon, so I'll give me a shout. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so brilliant, right? Well, if you enjoyed that, if you found that useful, um, do go and check out Danny's videos. Um, go and find that group on Facebook. Check out Electric Off Road. Um, we'll post links to all of that in the show notes. And yeah, thanks for watching. And please Lovely. do Tom, like thank and you very subscribe. Much. Bye bye. Cheers, Danny.